Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for February 28, 2016. Today's podcast was recorded during our youth Sunday service and features two members of the Park Road Youth Group. Our speakers today are Max Dower and Jackson Knight, whom each reflect on the parable of the prodigal son. My name is Max, and I struggle to relate to the story of the prodigal son. I realized this about a minute after I was told I was to speak about it. The son asked for his inheritance before his father died. Never done anything like that. He used all of it to live wild. I'm not too fond of wild living. He eventually ends up taking a job as a servant, and he feeds pigs. Nope, not done that either. The prodigal son became so hungry, he would have loved to eat what he fed the pigs. I've never been hungry longer than 30 hours. He was so close to rock bottom that because in Jewish culture, pigs are considered unclean animals and are not even to be touched. He was living as a servant in extremely poor conditions and nearly starved to death, wanting pig feed. I can imagine going to a beautiful tropical island somewhere like the Caribbean, live on the beach, and drink from coconut and dance and relax until I run out of money. Then getting stuck in a terrible town and having to feed pigs just to barely get by. That's what I can't imagine. I can't relate to such a terrible and hopeless situation. But that is until I realize that he realizes his foolishness. He remembered his father's servants were treated well, so he returns home to become a servant for his father, expecting the worst from his father. So he planned on asking for forgiveness for his sins, not expecting his father to show unconditional love. When his father welcomed him as a lost son, he still asked to be treated as a slave. His father instead showed unconditional love, just as God shows unconditional love, regardless of foolishness. The son's foolishness and the father's unconditional love are the only things that I'm able to relate to. I have an older brother that soared academically through high school. So much so that I saw no reason to. (laughs) In my perspective, he had all the attention from our parents, so I would grab their attention in other ways, not always the best of ways. I might lie to my parents about doing a project or homework and get attention when they found out that I hadn't. I would get by through school on as little as I could. That is until my world changed. Austin, my brother, moved out of the house and into college. When I had all the attention to myself, I was able to understand that it wasn't just about my parents' opinion of me, it was more about my future. Although it seemed I waited too long to fully recognize my foolishness, I hadn't hit the bottom as a prodigal son had. So luckily I had a few years to get my high school career back on track, and I did. Through all of this, my parents' opinion of me never changed. No matter my mistake, mom and dad always loved me. Similarly, the prodigal son had been loved by his father, despite him wasting all of his father's money that he gave him. During this time period, he was unlike any father figure to forgive such a selfish and arrogant act from his own son. Lots of interpretations of the story come from the realization that the father represents God through unconditional love. Not only did the father show unconditional love, he even threw a feast for his lost son had returned. The father showed unconditional love, just as my parents did. 
I believe that no matter what I do, I will be loved unconditionally by my parents, and I know this because I feel the same way towards them. It's this unconditional love that can be difficult at times to show, but is important for anyone. Everyone makes mistakes, we're only human. Because of this, we must recognize God will love us unconditionally, no matter our foolishness. There are people that will still love us and support us. It is these people that show us unconditional love and forgiveness that we must recognize. And in finding these people, you will know this, you are loved unconditionally, you really are forgiven, be at peace. So I, unlike Max, can relate very well because I was given the role of the older brother. And as an older brother myself, I realize I am very well inclined to agree with the older brother's point of view. I'm sure all of you out there who are older siblings will agree. You are definitely some way better than your younger brother or sister. <laughs> Though I am also just as sure that the younger siblings here will say that they are the better child. It's just who we are to be biased towards ourselves and those like us. This being said, still, after rereading the story a few times, I have decided that I can relate better with the older brother's point of view. And to make my English teacher proud, I will now cite my evidence from the text. <laughs> the story starts with the younger brother going to their dad to get an inheritance. And right off the bat, he's making mistakes. See, in these days, the younger brother didn't even get an inheritance in the first place. I'm not saying that it's fair or right that the younger brother doesn't get inheritance. That's just how it is. He's already being pretty bold and out there, trying to get something that's not his and he has no right to in the first place. And then there's his actual method of getting it. There have been times where I've wanted things from my parents that I didn't necessarily deserve, and the way I did it was with a lot of please and I love you, Dad. The younger brother goes to his dad with give me. If this were me and my family, I would have just guaranteed myself getting none of whatever I was trying to get. But evidently, this father is either overly forgiving or just isn't paying much attention. As we move on in the story, the older brother is at home, working hard, being the dedicated son. The younger brother, on the other hand, goes off to a faraway country and spends his money on wild living. I don't know exactly what wild living entails, but I can assume it isn't cheap. <laughs> then the younger brother spends some humbling days as a slave and returns home to try and be his father's servant. The father then throws a huge party to celebrate his son's return, and the older brother refuses to even participate. Now, most people will think of the older brother as a mean person, because he won't celebrate that his brother is back from slavery. But now think of it from the older brother's point of view. He's out in the field, and here's a party. When he asks the servant what's going on, the servant says their father is throwing a party for the son's safe return. The older brother's last experience with the younger brother is when he takes part of his inheritance that was all meant to go to him originally and goes off into the world and spends it as he will. At the time, he may have missed the younger brother a little bit, but was probably thinking more along the lines of good riddance. Then there is a massive famine, and all of a sudden the younger brother shows up on the doorstep. From what the older brother knows, the younger brother went off, spent all the money, and is probably just back for more. He doesn't know anything about the younger brother's bow to slavery or plea to be his father's servant. Then the father, instead of yelling at the younger brother as he deserves, goes and throws a big party. 
I know that if I were the older brother in this story, I would be really mad. There is no way I would go to the party that conclusively proves that the younger child is always the favorite. <laughs> then the father comes over to try and convince the older brother to come to the party. The older brother, who happens to be a horrible arguer, the older brother decides that he's not going to go just because the older brother refuses to go no matter what the father says. And then this is where the story stops. So we don't get to find out how it actually ends. But this gives me a bit of freedom to interpret how it ends in my own way. As I was writing this, the first two versions that came to my head immediately, both were opposite to each other. The first one was probably how it actually went down. The older brother, being human, cannot bring himself to forgive his younger brother for all his misdeeds. This draws the family apart and they live angry, bitter, and unhappy for the rest of their days. The second version is the idealistic one that we are all meant to follow. The older brother finds it in himself to forgive the foolishness of the younger brother, and the family lives happily ever after. But after thinking about it for a while, a third version came to mind. This requires another look at the story through a different light. This version involves the father being God and the two brothers being different sides of human personality. The older brother is the reserved and thinking side of humanity, and the younger brother is the foolish and eager-minded, impulsive side of humanity. At the beginning of the story, the impulsive side of humanity is foolish enough to demand from God things we don't deserve, and God is kind and loving enough to still care for our needs. And when we continue to mess up in life, whether it is what we ask for or what we do with the gifts bestowed upon us, he still forgives us. Afterward, when it's all said and done and we can come crawling back, he will always forgive us and allow us a seat at his table. While the other side of humanity, God loves us for the restraint that we show and the forgiveness he, he bestows upon us that we can, when, even when we continually judge and hold grudges against other people's mistakes that they continue to make over and over again. And through all of this, he still loves and forgives us. My dad is very fond of saying life's unfair whenever I or my brother complain because we believe the other got more or better stuff. This term applies often to the story because yes, sometimes life is unfair, but God tells us that no matter what happens and no matter how unfair life is, we should always forgive other people's foolishness because sometimes there's going to be a time when we are just as foolish and God still forgives us. There is also a point that even if we don't need their forgiveness in return, it is still necessary to forgive others because it's the right thing to do. I want to end on a quote that I came across while writing a paper for school. The only easy day was yesterday. I think this quote applies very well to this story because each time someone does foolish stuff, it gets harder and harder for to forgive them. But it's the right thing to do. So as you live your lives, always forgive people for the mistakes they make no matter how many times they make it, because one day you'll need their forgiveness too. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced 
with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.